0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Creative Crunch. I'm your host, Curtis Tucker. And before we get too deep into today's episode, would you mind doing me a favor? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just pause this episode real quick and go leave a review. And if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and click share And then put this on your Instagram story. Let people know what you're listening to. Let them know that you're working on your hustle and that you're trying to increase your value and communicate more, right? It only takes a couple of minutes and it really helps me out. And it doesn't cost you a dime. So I figured uh, you guys have been listening to me for a while. Uh, You kind of have had a couple hours under your belt I think I've done an okay job sprinkling in guests, but I kind of wanted to get some more in. So we're going to have a little uh, a little interview today with my family friend, Kylie Henson, who is attending MSU Denver. She graduates this semester, so she's only got mm, 15 weeks left because they just started. Uh, 16 and a half, 15 and a half weeks. Um, left, and then she graduates. And Kylie has been working on an IDP degree. Uh, that is the same department and the same kind of degree that I have. But her degree is completely focused on entrepreneurialship and applicable photography, I'll say, or marketable photography. Um, it doesn't have so much of an emphasis on the fine art end of photography, but more the photojournalistic and documentarian end of uh, the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I got caught up on that one. I don't think documentarian is a word, but I think we've got enough good ones. So let's get into today's interview with my family friend, Kylie Henson. We're going to talk a little about about photography, and we're going to talk about their definition of success. So I appreciate you leaving a review and listening to this episode. I'm just going to let the interview roll now. Here we go.
1: My name is Kylie. I am a Colorado native, and I'm going to school at MSU Denver right now. Um, I actually just got my IDP approved, so I'm really excited about this, but um, I am majoring in the Individualized Degree Program, which Curtis, you also did, um, which is IDP. Um, But my major is Social Documentary, so it pretty much encompasses photojournalism, videography, writing and reporting, and then layout and design, um, so magazine design. Um,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of, like, what my degree is and what I've been working on for, like, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I've been trying to figure out, like, what I want to do and um, exploring myself creatively and artistically. I did stuff on walls with you, um, And that was really a great experience and a crazy journey. (laughs) I think we could both say the same. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so that was like kind of, I think, my start to figuring out who I was um, creatively Mm -hmm. and as an individual. Um, And so I started exploring photography and getting serious about photography and, you know, how do you see and what are the things that you can see creatively um so that you know led me to look at sports and skateboarding um which my boyfriend is a skateboarder um and he kind of like i don't know he started dating me and so i i would go up to the skate park all the time and just watch him skate and for a while i was like why am i just sitting here (laughs) I'm like literally doing nothing just sitting here watching him skate and so eventually I got a camera and I realized oh I could like start taking photos and this could be really great practice for me Um, and then I realized I love skateboarding (laughs) way more than I thought I did so um, yeah I've been exploring that a lot lately and just photography um, I've been really passionate about that so just exploring mm-hmm. all of that. It's been pretty wild. I've kind of started to do stuff on the sides, <laughs> which is crazy to think about because I don't see myself as that kind of a professional yet. But I should. <laughs> um, right. Because eventually I'll be there. I mean, I'm graduating in spring, so I can't believe that's already coming up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, like, can't even see myself as a... <laughs> I don't know, a college graduate, but, yeah, I mean, I've been doing portraits for, like, seniors here, here and there, doing events, photos. Um, I think the trickiest part is figuring out communication, because um, I think that's key, and then what to charge people.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: so, that's been, like, crazy, because it's, like, you know, do I give them a good price because they're working with me, and you know, I'm I'm still learning, or you know, do I charge them what I think my talent is worth? You know, it's kind of a balancing act, I think.
0: Yeah, no, totally, and I I still struggle with that and still have like the same dilemma, mm-hmm. um, but I'm charging what Google says is industry rates. Oh, so, really? Okay. Um,
1: and what is? Yeah, that, I'm at, like me asking.
0: Th- yeah. $30 an hour.
1: Nice. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah, and is so that, that for like listed a amateur photographer or just a photographer?
0: Just a photographer. Why okay. the fuck do I need an adjective? No,
1: I know. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, yeah. what, what qualifies a professional photographer? I don't know.
0: Uh, does a college degree? Taking pictures every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all what uh, you define it as, but
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've been getting away with that. And then like, I quote projects and I'm air quoting that. You can't see it, but I'm air quoting projects. (laughs) I quote that at like a hundred dollars, right?
1: Okay. Because
0: then that's, that's, and you know, breaking that down, that's one hour of travel time. Mm -hmm. That's one hour of photography. Mm -hmm. And then that's one hour of editing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not as fast in post-production as I would like to be right now. I know I am, but I'm conscious of that. So I'm like always trying to YouTube how to work in Lightroom faster and things like that. And so I've learned a lot Mm of uh, tips and tricks through that. (laughs) And I do think that like I'm getting closer and closer to what I would call like batch processing. Um, So like that is getting down. Um, And then video production is obviously, you know. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to your point, I kind of take Gary V's advice you need to set your price mm-hmm. and if the person can't afford that or the person wants to negotiate it, should you be really working with that person in the first place?
1: Right. Totally. Yeah.
0: You, you know, and and it's sort of, it, I think we'll kind of on here, it comes back to self-confidence, right? Like if yeah. you know your value and you, and you communicate mm-hmm. your value, then the people who see that and appreciate that, that's who you should be working mm-hmm. with. Totally. You know, like if it's if it's somebody who's trying to weasel and negotiate, like do you really want to build you know, and as photographers, I think the idea is to have like lifelong clients. Right. and so it's like do do you really want to be starting this relationship with someone who is trying to weasel and negotiate
1: right.
0: your price? Very you know? that's
1: a tough point. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so and and, and and it's and it's tough because the other side of that coin is lots and lots of rejection, mm-hmm. you know but I've learned to ba- balance it by like joining that time for prints modeling Facebook group, you know? And so it's oh, like okay. every now and then, or if like I have a slot in the middle of something that doesn't pan out, then I'll put like a free model kind of photography exchange in mm-hmm. there. Um, and that's when I do that kind of stuff. Or like, I think like, I think you and I should definitely try to do like happy hour portraits together one
1: time. Yeah, I'm actually very Um, much down for that. (laughs) I was going to tell you, I was really, I saw on Instagram, I think a lot of your stories where you had posted um, people you had done happy hour with. And I think that's really cool. I love portraits. And I think you did an awesome job. It's really about figuring out who that person is and letting them be that person on camera instead Mm -hmm. of the camera being something that like scares someone away like you shouldn't be scared yes. of the camera it should just you know everything should be normal you don't want to be like super posed because then it just looks right super obvious <laughs> uh-huh
0: yes We're going to take a quick break from the interview to do a little in-house advertising. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you're more than welcome to leave an audio message on the Anchor app. If you think this podcast has increased your creative crunch and uh, has really contributed to your hustle and your success, well, guess what? Now you can directly support Creative Crunch through the Anchor app listener support feature. All you have to do is click the link in bio, or go to Anchor and find Creative Crunch and click the listener support button, and you can leave an in-kind monthly recurring donation of 99 cents. Thanks so much for the support, and we're going to get back to the interview. Yeah, but, you know, and I think you've got that, yeah. again, with both of us being IDP students, we have that yeah. mindset to problem solve. So Hold don't on, get I too don't much worry. anxiety over it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, like you're already you you already have a portfolio and published things to lean on. So yeah. um, I think and, you know, I needed to realize that, too. You know, I have plenty of press credits and things like that from right. CVA. So right. we're we're we're, we're pretty well off.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that is kind of like I wouldn't say it's overwhelming, but it is this just like hanging cloud over my head right now. Like, do I have enough? (laughs) Like, how much more can I fit in in this last year so that when I'm ready to start applying for jobs I don't have to be like, I don't know. I'm just afraid of not finding a job.
0: Well, I mean, me too, but I mean, we can hustle to kind of come up with money to keep us afloat. You know, like I've made a nice little chunk of change that will kind of help pay some bills while I'm continuing to look. Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
1: I feel yeah. I'm going to have to do the same for sure.
0: Yeah. Did you check out
1: the Denver Egotist?
0: Yes, thank you for that recommendation. That was actually quite refreshing to find.
1: Yeah, I someone at my work recommended it to me for internships and
0: I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So That was good. Yeah. So that'll be one to like keep an eye on. And then, uh, yeah, I've just been kind of like cruising other job boards and other job things. I found this app last night called like moonlighting huh. and it's like, you can like list your services and like find people who need you and like your things. Yeah. So, I think there's plenty of stuff for like you and I to like stay busy and like yeah, s- still sure. find alternate ways to hustle because totally. I don't know, like the only reason I feel pressure to like find a job is two things, benefits and making other people happy. And yeah. I'm starting to realize like the latter is not so important, you know?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Very true.
0: Yeah. Uh, um So real I just kind of want to steer this conversation a little bit and kind of talk yeah. about our definitions of success because yeah. um, I think as creative people and sort of people who kind of understand what the world is like in 2018 for creative people, I think our definition of success is different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, totally. it's, not, it's not so fiscally driven, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah know, like, that's true we're not necessarily and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this but like we're not necessarily driven about the driven by the amount of dollars in our bank account but more the fact that we got to take pictures that day or the fact that we got to help someone create content you know yeah yeah I
1: I, I definitely agree with that I wouldn't like correct you at all because I think you're you're serving a better good like greater than yourself I think that's you know loving what you do, not getting Yeah. Anyways, what were you saying? We were gonna expand on that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I think that's spot on and I think that's kind of I think it's also one of our challenges, right? Like we talked about Mm -hmm. this like anxiety and fear around finding a job. (laughs) Oh totally. And and it's because we're not happy in those environments, you know? Right. Right. Um,
1: Well, totally. And I, you know what? I, I actually had like a, but that moment I was like, I don't want a job that
0: I don't like. Yeah, exactly. Pressure
1: to find this perfect job. What if a perfect job doesn't exist? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it, it doesn't exist, you know, like I keep telling people like, I graduated in twenty ten and half of the jobs that I can apply for now did not exist in two thousand and ten. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like Twitter was a joke in two thousand and ten, you know?
1: Yeah. Everybody thought it was a fad that would just you know, die off or something.
0: Yeah, and now you have Wendy real. Yeah. yeah, now you have Wendy's and Twitter with an entire floor of their corporate headquarters dedicated to customer service through Twitter.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's it, it's mind-boggling to me, but at the same time, it shows the direction that we are heading based off of technology advancing. Right. I mean, we're only going to go up from here, so we might as well, you know, keep moving with how things are flowing.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I you think you
1: can't. Go ahead. Y-
0: Yeah. Well, and I think you and I and other IDP majors are much more well positioned than our peers, you know, and again, it's it's not, I think we're starting to realize it's not the ends, but it's the skill set. Right. Totally. And that was, that was what was really refreshing for me writing that daunting IDP essay, you know, it's (laughs) like actually spending brain time and power and energy and like realizing that like actually being a lifelong learner and having a thirst to continually learn is actually a much more marketable skill than like being a technically good photographer per se. You right. know?
1: Yeah, totally. Right. One, well, even I mean, when you're justifying every single class in your IDP rationale, you have to say, you know, what were the skills that you got from that? Exactly. Why was that class important? Like, there is a reason why we're going to school. You know, maybe i degree will help me get my degree. But if I can say that i walked away with all people, I am
0: a person. and I have access Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of the challenge is because we, those of us in education and just leaving education, are in a completely different universe than even somebody who graduated five years ago. You know, like, let alone our parents. Totally. You, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs>
1: first yeah i I
0: definitely it's just it's it's complex Mm -hmm. and uh,
1: nobody has the right
0: answers no i
1: think (laughs) i think that's one thing i've learned is like there's no written path there's no you know i don't know it's it's all for us to figure out and to do, and we are the creators, so we might as well create.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, and you know, it's just, again, I think we get anxiety and fear around it because everyone else is walking on the uh, well-maintained trail that thousands of people have walked before, you know, and is nice and is aligned and has a clear destination, and you and I are like, way deep in the back country, like with a <laughs> rusty ax in our hand, you know, like <laughs> totally. chopping down trees oh, yeah. and bushes, you know, and we, we can't even see five feet in front of us, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that was echoed by my conversation with my professor yesterday, you know, like just the fact that you, I, and him are consistently putting out content actually right. p- puts us light years ahead of people who are thinking about doing it. Right, yeah, like I follow this this Twitter called starting a podcast Mm -hmm. and it's a robot that retweets anyone who writes about starting a podcast in their Twitter. Wow. And it's just, I mean, it's just this consistent flow of people who are like thinking about doing this, thinking about doing this, thinking about doing this. And so I follow it just to like get on there for like five yeah. minutes a day and just tell people to like just do it. Like use like I I'm not even sponsored by Anchor, but like I recommend it to everyone. I'm like just download this app, start yeah. talking into it. Like don't sweat like, don't sweat about the audio quality. Just get it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at a review at right as I downloaded it, and it was like, this is the easiest app I've ever used. <laughs> I was right. like, damn, that really says something.
0: Yeah, and one of Anchor's tweets was really good because it said, podcasting is public speaking practice. Oh, totally. And I'm like, that oh, is so yes. invaluable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, as I was it, actually just thinking about that. Like, right. I think that really. But now, you you know, like, now you have an anchor account, so I hope it encourages you to like just, just talk for 30, and I don't even think it needs to be an hour long, you know, like 30 minutes, you know? But again, that's, this is another way for you to communicate your expertise as a thinker and a doer and a photographer and a content creator, you know? Oh, totally.
1: Well, and I noticed the other day, I was like looking for photography podcasts,
0: your heart. <laughs> right. So, and just well, podcasts in, the in general, there is so many like true crime and history uh-huh. podcasts. Right. <laughs> it's political podcasts, right? Well, and like I, mean, I was, I was watching a Casey Neistat video yesterday, and he had a female YouTuber on who does tech reviews, and he was talking about how there's really only one other self-identifying woman talking about tech on youtube so to add that layer i mean not only are you a photographer and a content creator and an abstract thinker but you can talk about what it's like and the challenges that you face as a self-identifying female you know and especially i would be interested on your perspectives on like skate culture and how you integrate into skate culture and sort of like what it's like to have a camera at a skate park and things like (laughs) that so yeah Yeah. i kind of really encourage you to get a podcast going cool
1: yeah i actually i'm thinking about it yeah it's probably getting in the works i appreciate your
0: uh your
1: feedback and even just your inspiration
0: uh, yeah Yeah. well I, i appreciate that and i'm looking forward to Supporting the zine because if you get a podcast going, you can put a link to the podcast in your zine. Oh, exactly.
1: <laughs> yes. Yep, we're uh, I'm thinking about what my zine will include and I'm kind of just thinking about keeping it open. So
0: yeah, it should just be, it should just kind of be like, in my eyes, I see it as like a monthly recap of all the amazing shit Kylie does in a month. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Totally. Well, like, I I take photographs of everything. Why not? Yeah.
0: Do exactly. And I've <laughs> I've been thinking about that too. We just went to the art museum. Ooh, that should. We should go have a friend date to the art museum. Because would... actually,
1: I really wanted to go. With Standard too. So that's.
0: Yeah. They had an amazing um, contemporary landscape photography exhibition, and wow. I mean, it it totally shifted my thinking. Because like right. Right now, you know, and I think this is just because I'm getting into photography, but like right now, my brain says I'm done with the photos when they get posted to Instagram or when they get transferred from the SD card onto the hard drive, right? Yeah. And then like I just kind of like wash my hands of it and move on. But like seeing all of these photographs, and it's very similar processes to you, you know, like printing on wood and printing on aluminum or like doing doing crazy things with film and shit like that. Um, There was a photographer... Experimenting
1: with the mediums.
0: Yes, there there was a photographer that is, like, my grandparents' age, Mm -hmm. and she's using um, a light leak app on her phone. And then, like, just... And she's going, like, so many light leaks that it's, like, destroying the photo. And then she's just... She's blowing them up and printing them really high quality. And it just... It totally transforms the landscape, so... We'll have to have yeah. a friend. That'll be our next friend date.
1: Definitely, I am awesome. down.
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time, and I yeah, really hope that course. this sounds amazing. And if it doesn't, we'll just keep talking. <laughs> yeah. But I do appreciate you taking time out of your day, and I appreciate you been listening to Creative Crunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So I really want to talk about this. So part of my hustle recently has been going to meetup.com and trying to find photography meetings, right? I am very interested in making a career or making a chunk of my income and my life and my passion of photography and video and so i've kind of been applying to a couple of jobs some production assistant jobs um, and things like that and um I'm really, you know, it just finally clicked for me that like maybe I'm missing something, right? And uh, duh, I was, right? So meetup.com I think is completely underrated and flies under the radar and maybe is like used for different things or like niche things, which photography meetups is one of those niche things, right? So I got on there and I looked for photography meetups and I was really fortunate to find um, a couple groups with different themes and things like that. So a couple of weeks ago, I went to one that was based around street photography, and we all met up and then ended up cruising 16th Street. And if you follow me on Instagram at c you've been seeing those come out, right? This is my, like, second or third time uh, photographing on the 16th Street Mall, and my first time kind of doing it with, like, a large group. And I think there's something to be said about photographers in numbers. It changes people's psychology, but it also, it's very, it felt like a a security blanket, right? Like I feel like I wasn't so alone and I felt like I kind of had somebody to back me up or like ask questions to, or have like, look at your pictures real quick and just kind of get some like initial gut reactions. Right. And what it really allowed me to do was like, slow the heck down when I'm by myself or when I'm, um, with just a friend, I think I've been working over the need to walk a lot when I'm doing street photography Uh, because I looking more and more at like, Taryn has been like recommending some street photographers to follow. And um, one of them literally posted on their Instagram story that they had been sitting at a bench for like 30 minutes waiting for someone to like go down the ladder, right? Like they had found this composition using the back of a truck And like a little step stool and they were just sitting there and they were just waiting. And that was the first time I had seen that with street photography, right? I haven't really like delved into like street photography on YouTube per se, but like for me, that was the first time seeing a street photographer just sit and wait. And so going out with that group, that's kind of what I was able to do. I would get one or two steps ahead of the group and just kind of chill. Like, literally just kind of, like, try to put on some urban camouflage and blend back in with the environment and just kind of, like, look like a person who's just sitting at a table or sitting at a bench and, like, not being a photographer. And then, like, that's when I started discovering all of these, like, little holes and, like, reflections, and I was able to do the techniques that I do with models, like putting something in between the lens and the model, but organically with the things that were happening on the street. So now when you go on my Instagram, you'll see that I was taking a lot of pictures of pedicabbers, but like there's a street sign blocking them. Or I found like this really cool spot where the floral arrangements on a patio created a very interesting window. And I could have sat there for like an hour, right, and just waited for someone to come through that hole. And so I think that was great about that group. And then recently, I went to a completely different kind of group. Now, this group I met through a TFP Facebook group. Now, this is a piece of lingo that is new to me. But TFP means time for prints or basically free or exposure money, right? So I'll get into this, but I think it's very important to kind of balance TFP with paid gigs. And I think the knowledge and the skill that comes in is being able to take TFP into money making. Okay. And we'll unpack this a little bit, but a little bit more background. I had been in this Facebook group for a little while, kind of just lurking, watching other people post. And then I would like occasionally put some of my own photos up or things like that. And then one day what comes across is this meetup group that's going to happen. And I was, like, in the mood for this and in the gear for it. So I decided to go, and I uh, brought my friend Taryn along, who's been very supportive and encouraging through this whole journey. Uh, So shout-out to Taryn. And it was completely different than the 16th Street Mall experience. So this was four models or four people who – wanted to be models, were aspiring models, or who like to practice modeling, I guess is how I'll maybe phrase that. And six to eight photographers, I think. And what we ended up doing was meeting at Confluence Park downtown, and kind of just uh, walking around that area. And that was really cool. Like I'm completely rediscovering Denver by walking it and being a photographer. Like it's so cool to kind of see all these nooks and crannies and the like these other things f- that you don't normally see when you're just like driving around. Right. Um, cause living in the suburbs and being raised in the suburbs, it's very much like you go somewhere in Denver. Right. And so it's been very cool to kind of just hang out and like rediscover these public spaces in Denver, Confluence Park being one of them. I knew what it is. I know it's where the kayakers go, yada, yada, yada. Like you kind of know what it is, but to like see it and experience it as a photographer was very cool. So we took advantage of all of the street art and the murals that are down there, um the natural grasses, the river itself, some of the natural beaches and things like that. And so that was very cool, but I'm not necessarily the uh best at um communicating with models and that's kind of why I wanted to go was to kind of practice that and I think I got a little bit of practice and again it was really cool like watching Taryn and how like Taryn interacted with the models and what he was able to say them I don't know what it is I think it's like psychological things that are really like inhibiting me from communicating fully and so I'm gonna work on that but it was cool to kind of just be around that um, and at first I was really like not pleased with the experience so i'm talking about the modeling group okay i don't know if this is going to cohesively come together at all or whatever but the experience of the modeling group was very interesting. I was not completely 100% comfortable with what was going on. Um, I very much felt like I was perpetuating the male gaze, even though I identify as um, a non-binary individual and I ad- identify with the LGBTQ plus a community or the queer community and um, I still felt like I was perpetuating the male gaze, right? It still felt like a bunch of, um, I don't know. I don't want to like gender anybody without knowing their gender, but what I'm getting at is it felt, it didn't feel good. It felt like I was oogling people and that like, it was a shallow definition of like beauty and like there's a lot of layers to this onions. And like, as you can tell, I'm still processing it because what I'm struggling with is like the photos (laughs) actually came out really cool in Lightroom, right? Like I was editing the photos on my phone for like Instagram and to like share on social and like just prove that I was doing it. Um, and they were okay. And like, I got the prism to work, but then when I put them in Lightroom, like I really got it. And so I think the thing that I need to do to grow from this experience is like have some models on the podcast as guests or like just talk to models or people who are trying modeling out the next time on the on these shoots. Like try to see if we can like decompress because I am just fascinated with this. Um, I know that some people are modeling or practicing modeling skills or using TFP shoots to get Instagram photos. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I think what's wrong is like mislabeling it. You know, like if that's what you're going to use it for, let me know that that's what you're going to use it for. And I think it's cause I'm like an authentic brash communicator that I don't even like white lies or like manipulations like that. Because to me, Modeling is getting paid to know a skill set and to be able to work with photographers in front of a camera, right? And that's why I am open about saying I suck at doing that, right? Like I suck at communicating with models and I want to work on that. And that's why I go to these meetup groups where I don't feel like I'm necessarily wasting anyone's time um, and I'm still getting like lots of opportunities to work with lots of people, right? Right. So that's why I wanted to go. But it was very interesting, and this is, again, why I feel like I need to interview models and like understand and just like talk to them more about what they're trying to achieve is because I didn't see or didn't feel like there was as much work. That's not fair to say at all either. You know, it was just weird. It was just weird. I felt like I was perpetuating definitions of beauty that I didn't agree with. I felt like I wasn't using my tools of photography and videography to address social justice issues or to address uh, creative issues, which is really my focus, right? Like I enjoy documenting creative people working, um, which is why I honestly probably ended up taking more photos of photographers, right, and kind of turning the lens on photographers and i think that's a weird fascination that i have is i always love taking pictures of photographers Uh, Because I'm finding out that there's like this weird complex where like photographers don't like their picture taken. And I think that's asinine. Like if you're going to try to make a career or a hobby or a passion out of taking photos of other people, then you have to be as open as uncomfortable as to having your photo taken as well. I do not agree with photographers who try to hide behind the camera. And I didn't experience that with that group. That's just a completely separate thought. This group was actually amazing. All the photographers were amazing. All the models were amazing. There was just something that I want to meditate on personally, and it was that initial gut reaction, right? Because I loved editing the photos in Lightroom. I am more happy with them. I do think I am helping these women Um, and these females sort of recontextualize, um, beauty and definitions of beauty. And I didn't shy away from anyone. And I really do think like I was... At least got three or four successful photographs with every single model in the group. And I got all of these other photos of photographers working, which I think is a double-edged sword. It sort of feeds this thing that I like doing in a weird way, which is taking photos of photographers. But then also um, it allowed me to provide those, right, and like share those. Because I don't think photographers have a lot of pictures of themselves taking photos, Right. Weird kind of complex thing. So and that's why I I wanted to just kind of spitball about this and talk about it is because the initial gut reactions do not match what I'm feeling now, which is I would go back I would a hundred percent go back to this meetup group. I really appreciate it. Like one of the models, le- like said meaningful positive things about both Taryn and I at the end that were uh, incredible. Like you could tell she was actively listening and watching, and like getting it. And so that was a really nice compliment to have that. And like the people were super supportive. And so it wasn't bad, but I don't necessarily enjoy a hundred percent taking photos of models as much as I enjoyed taking the pictures of the photographers, right? So I just wanted to unpack that a little bit, um, and see and just see where that went. And that was kind of nice to just talk to myself about that and hear it in my head and kind of go over it again. And I really hope that you guys gained something from it. If you are a model or a photographer listening to this, please like leave me a quick audio message on Anchor. Tweet me at Curtis underscore podcast. Uh, Get at me on Instagram at Curtis. I would love to like know your thoughts and your feedback on this and just kind of gather more perspectives because I am very genuinely curious. I want to collect more thoughts and opinions and perspectives on this because I am genuinely curious. This is a very new experience for me. I had not really done this before besides with friends, and it was um, just interesting, and I just want to know, like— What's it like to be a model or to practice modeling in 2018? What's it like to be on the other end of these Facebook groups? Because I'm always looking for people and I feel like I get like six messages out of nowhere um, that kind of can generate leads. And so I'm curious as what it's like to be someone who has to leave those comments and to, who has to leave those messages to try to work with photographers and kind of what that song and dance looks like for you. So, yeah, just... Get at me. Get at me. I'm curious to hear your thoughts and your opinions on that. All right. thanks so much for listening to that interview. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think Kylie is a fantastic person and a great definition of someone who is doing the creative crunch, right? Going to school full-time, working for the institution that she's at, in an applicable position. She gets to take a lot of photos, they get to write their own copy for the blog, Um, they've been published on Red and other internal newsletters, and really their photographs are seeing an audience, and I think that's pretty incredible that while they are learning the skills of photography, they're increasing that knowledge base and right, really reaffirming what they're learning in the classroom by practicing it more and more consistently. I think photography is one of those things where the more pictures you take, the better you get. And you don't really have to be super conscious of it, right? Sometimes it's good to have a creative goal, but a lot of times I'm learning that I'm learning when I'm editing in Lightroom. So I think photography is one of those things that you learn the more your shutter clicks, right? And I think Kylie is a great example of that because she has been cranking out photographs. She's been published in Red and other MSU Denver internal newsletters. And she's really found a job, even while she's in school, to um, apply her skills and really take what she's learning in the classroom and put it to work. Right. And I think that is super important. I cannot tell you how many times I was sitting in a class where it would be an upper division business class or marketing class. And everyone was a majority of people were not working in the industry that they are dreaming about. Right. And I want you to know that like with a little bit of extra perseverance and a little bit of extra effort, you can actually work in the industry that you're learning for. Right. I knew that there had to be something out there that. I could market and be around art. Now, did I know that it was CVA? Not necessarily. You know, and I think that's what's really interesting is like a lot of these times, the creative opportunities out there you might not be aware of because maybe your goal is too narrow. But I knew I wanted to be around art and I put that out in the world and I worked towards that and I happened to find the marketing assistant job at Center for Visual Art. Right. So while you're in school and while you're working or whatever phase you're at, if you want to use the phrase emerging artist, you don't have to just be like a barista to support your art practice. If you can hang art or if you're willing to learn how to hang art and you're good at customer service and maybe like you worked retail when you were 16, those kind of experiences actually would make a perfect gallery attendant. And then that way that actually makes you more marketable to co-ops. You're able to contribute and just start doing um, internships and volunteering and really putting a different creative skill set to use. And I'm going to tell you right now, being a gallery attendant is a perfect opportunity to kind of hone your public speaking skills because you never know who's going to walk through the door that day. You never know what kind of questions they're going to have. And you have to kind of be ready for that. It's a little bit of improv mixed with public speaking and a creative knowledge base. Nine times out of 10, I would lean on the principles of art and design to kind of help me through it or like read the wall statement really quick. But the point is, is like you can be working in your industry. And I think Kylie is a great example of that, right? While working on her IDP, she has been taking photographs and it's that simple. And you just got to put it out there and work on it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's interview. If you enjoyed it, tweet me, get me out on Instagram, share this episode out, let it grow legs. The more listens, the better. Um, it really helps me grow this thing organically. If you're again, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, it really helps if you leave a review. And if you're on Spotify, click that share button and throw this on your Instagram story, throw your thoughts on there, throw a cool GIF. uh, tag me and tag creative crunch. And, uh, uh, let's see what this thing turns into. We'll be back here next week with another photographer doing a completely different hustle and grind. So join us next week for our interview with Phil McKenzie called Hashtag Van Life. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to Creative Crunch.